The way she moves through this journey has such grace, such confidence. Her words, so fluent, so magical, you can't help but be drawn to her. Her aura, breathtaking. Her name, Black Woman. I am Chelsea Coleman, aka Cleo the Godmother, the creator and host of Black Girls Speak TV. And this is Black Girls Speak, a podcast for and about informing, uplifting, and empowering women of color across the globe. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Speak. I am your host, Cleo the Godmother, and I am here to talk about all things black woman, all things black girl, all things black. For starters, I want to touch on recent topics. So we're going to start with Kenneth Walker, the boyfriend of Breonna Taylor, who told Gail King that he nor Breonna Taylor had drugs or a record. We also have Ice Cube, who accepted money from Trump to develop a black Trump platform called the Platinum Plan. Now, even though he said he would never endorse Trump, nor would he ever endorse a white man, which I thought, he accepted the Platinum Plan from Trump, which is a plan for black America, whatever black America is. And it has initiatives like neighborhoods with high policing standards and replacing failing schools with full school choice, whatever that is. Now, it was originally contract with America, black America to be exact, which included points like prison and police reform, as well as interest-free loans for home ownership. I want to know how that coincides with what Trump plan is. Who told Ice Cube he was the spokesman for Black America? Same thing with Diddy. All of a sudden now, Diddy wants to create his own political party. He didn't say anything about Brandon Taylor. He didn't say anything about George Floyd. He didn't say anything about Megan Thee Stallion. But now you want to create your own political party. Do they not? Well, not even do they. Does Ice Cube not realize that Trump is using him to get black votes? Because, see, I was waiting on Ice Cube to get on this talk show that he was going to actually appear on. But he actually declined last minute and got on Twitter and tweeted how nobody should tell him nothing about what he's doing to help us. Okay. But I would love to know what you guys think. So in the comment section below, please express yourselves. I want to know how you feel about celebrities feeling like they're the spokespeople for black America now. We've been needed help years ago. Now all of a sudden people want to help. And I'm not knocking it. You know that. I'm not I don't I don't knock help. Help us. You know, we all deserve 40 acres and a mule, which we'll never get. But help us now though. I just I just wanna know what you guys think. Comment section below, please. I would love to have a conversation. Yes. But I just have one question. One very Serious question. 
Breonna Taylor was killed in March of this year. George Floyd was killed in May of this year. But it took Breonna Taylor longer than it took George Floyd to get justice. Why does it always take so long for black women to get justice? Because the sickening part about it is I know more names of black men who were killed by the police than black women. Why? Because we actually say their names. <laughs> we actually make sure their names get said and heard. It's not the same for black women. T-shirts were made for Brianna Taylor. Jokes were made for Megan Thee Stallion. And silence was given to the rest of them. So I just want to know why when black women say we don't feel protected by black men, it's a rebuttal. It's a, I do protect you. If you do, then why do I feel unprotected? See, we have to realize that 100 years ago was when women finally got the right to vote with the 19th Amendment, but black women didn't. You see, it takes a black woman 66 years to make what a white man will make in 40. So I have to work 26 more years than a white man to make what he makes in 40 years. And you mean to tell me that we're not held at the bottom of the totem pole? You mean to tell me that what Malcolm X said isn't still happening right now? I hope you all know who Shirley Chisholm is, but if you don't, let me introduce her. She was the first black woman elected in Congress in 1968 and the first woman and African-American to seek nomination for president of the United States. Sadly, she passed away in 2004. I wish I could have met her. But without her stepping out, without her resilience, without her faith, they would have never seen a black woman want it that bad. Yes, we had Angela Davis and we had Asada Shakur, but they were more focused on reforming the police. Shirley was more focused on getting into the power to change the system. And that's what we need right now because black women are underrepresented. We are the lowest. 2%. We make up 2% of, of candidates politically. We don't see ourselves in those types of environments. Yes, we have black judges and things like that, but it's always, it's always the headline of the first black woman to become this and the first black woman to become that. Why is that happening in 2020? It doesn't make any sense. It, it, just, it just doesn't make any sense. But see, the fact that all but one, the president and every other vice president, not even every other, every vice president in the history of the United States has been a white man, perfectly explains why black women have no say-so, have no voice 
in this society. But see, now it's up to us. You want to see a black woman in, in power, right? Right? Go vote. Vote. V-O-T-E. Vote. You see it on Snapchat, Instagram, everywhere. Vote. It is imperative that you vote. And I'm not saying that Joe and Kamala are going to just shift the world because they both have skeletons in their closet that we're not going to talk about. But right now, they're the best option that we have. It's imperative that you vote. Please, I'm begging you. Black women are at the highest rates of homicides at 4.4 homicides per 100,000 black women. 95% of homicides of black women had perpetrators who were black men. 69% of transgender women were black and their deaths were also from black men. Protection. We don't ask for anything else but protection from black men. And we don't mean just physical protection. We mean protection in the sense of you're on our side. We're fighting the same fight. We're together. But when y'all are killed by the police, we are on the front lines. Breonna Taylor was killed. I didn't see one black man on a video, on, on, on a mic, with a mic in their hand, screaming, say her name. Y'all tweeted it though, but y'all only tweeted it, y'all only posted it for validation. It wasn't real. But I'm going to tell y'all a little story. I'm going to take y'all back to December of 2019. Khalil Wheeler Weaver, a black man, was convicted of killing three black women and the attempted murder of a fourth one in the span of 88 days. And all three of these black women were killed through sexual arrangements, through hookups. So, I'm going to say her name, Sarah Butler, Robin West, and Joanne Brown were all killed by Khalil Wheeler Weaver, a black man, a man of their community. And the most, excuse my French, the most fucked up part about it was the fact that the prosecutor said that Weaver believed that the disappearance and death of the woman would go unnoticed. A black man, seeing how the world operates, seeing how black women are killed and, and kidnapped and missing and nothing happens, unconsciously knew if I kill this black girl, it'll take me about a month or two, maybe a year to find her, and I'm going to be good by then. So I'm going to keep killing more and killing more and killing more. If he felt like the disappearance and death of these women would go unnoticed, he had more plan than just those three. Believe that. 
It's sickening because he was a black man. It's when I read this story, it made me sick. How could you kill three of your sisters? If you're going to have a rebuttal to me saying we don't feel protected, make sure it's facts. Make sure what you're saying has substance. Make sure you're not just saying something so you can defend yourself because you know that you're a part of the problem. Misogynoir plays a really big role in the relationship between black men and black women. Because black men are mistreated by every group of society. And they turn their aggression on us. Because they inherently believe that we are below them. Because in society, we are. We're at the bottom of the totem pole. They are violated by white men, by white women. They are killed by white men, by white women. We still get the backlash, the bottom of the barrel, the nothingness that comes from those actions. We are violated by the same men that we protect. Something is wrong. And I'm not saying that black women are perfect because we're not. There are black women who intentionally hurt their sons because their sons remind them of their father and their relationship didn't work out. There are black women who didn't want children and had kids and had a son and didn't take care of them. There are some black women who are the reason why there, there are black men out here who don't nurture and protect and care for black women because they never got love from black women. So they don't know how it feels and when they get it, they either run from it or they turn it into pain, into struggle. They make it different. So I'm not here to say that black women are perfect, but I am here to say that black women deserve protection because we protect y'all and y'all can't say that we don't. We feel compelled to neglect our own healing, our own personal afflictions because of our devotion to the wellness of our community, to our children, to our family, to our brothers our sisters. We neglect ourselves on a daily to uplift someone else. We neglect how we feel about men on a daily when it comes time for speaking out against police brutality. But what we fail to realize is black men are also our oppressors. So we're oppressed by white men by white women and by black men. The world systematically emasculates black men. They, black men are the highest group to be killed by the police, to be unemployed, and to be incarcerated. That, that is three stressors, three external stressors that are placed on black men. So of course, they're going to take their frustrations out on us, but we're not the reason why. So why do we get the bottom of the barrel? The black community becomes subjects for their pain. But see, we have yet to create a safe space for black men. We have yet to create a safe space for black women because we, when we express ourselves, 
they make us feel like we're crazy. They make us feel like what we're saying is irrational. They make us feel like how we feel isn't real. And that's because it doesn't accommodate them. It doesn't accommodate the white men. It doesn't accommodate the white women. So, of course, they're going to they're gonna dismiss how we feel because it doesn't match up to what they believe we us to be. But patriarchy confirms that men will always be inherently superior. And I don't like patriarchy. I don't like how white men have created this system to where they get the top. And whoever is under them gets whatever they is left. You know, whatever is left. Whatever whatever happens, whatever falls out is whatever y'all get. But black men and women become an accomplice to the way they break us. Instead of us taking that pain and turning it into motivation and turning it into ambition and power, we take it and we put it on everybody else. We can't blame patriarchy because we all suffer from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We all are still feeling what our ancestors felt, just more modernized. We all still are oppressed. We all are still experiencing segregation and colorism and all those things that we thought would just disappear in thin air as time went on, but it hasn't. But I want to talk about Dave Chappelle's special 8 minutes and 46 seconds. And his special was phenomenal. I'm not going to say that it wasn't. Because he talked about black issues and police brutality and things of that sort. But what made me question it was the fact that he only spoke about black men. He didn't speak about black women. As if black women don't get killed by the police either. And I saw on social media that when black women were saying that they didn't like that, black men were like, what's wrong with it? So we decided to hashtag say her name to women who we know were killed unjustly by police. And instead of black men either overlooking it or being on our side, they decided to post, say, hashtag say his name. An indirect way to completely dismiss the fact that black women have also lost their lives to police brutality. Dave Chappelle failed to mention black women. He failed to mention the fact that not only are black men unjustly killed, but black women are too, at the same rate. The demise of black women just doesn't seem to move black men as much as it would if the roles were reversed. It doesn't seem to really spark any emotion for black men as it would if the roles were reversed. So what is it going to take? Your mom getting killed, your, your sister getting killed, your cousin getting killed by the police for you to, for you to realize that we aren't protected. Because, thank God, no man in my family 
was ever murdered unjustly by the police. Yes, they have. They have faced police brutality, but they weren't murdered. But that has never been a factor in the way that I protect black men. This podcast is created for black women. It is called Black Girls Speak. Yet, when George Floyd was murdered, I didn't drop an episode. As an act of solidarity to black men to let y'all know, we're not even going to make this about us. This is about y'all right now. Because I'm a black woman. And I will, won't, you won't ever catch me tearing down a black man. Ever. No matter, no matter what the circumstance is. No, nah, if he wrong, he's wrong. And I'm going to say he's wrong. Tory Lanez is wrong. He, he just, he just, he just wrong. I'm sorry. He's wrong. R. Kelly is wrong. He just, he's just wrong. But you won't see me unprovokingly just tearing down black men. That is not my provocative. It's just not. Dr. Ben Redman wrote The Second Oldest Profession. And this book was all about the abuse of women and how men who are haters of themselves inflict that hatred and bitterness on to women. Now, it's said that black men and white men who are cowardly, who are lame, who are timid and shy and don't know how to be strong, instead of getting their own confidence, they break down a woman. Instead of being strong, they make a woman feel weak to feel strong. And by reading that, it also made me think about a conversation I had with one of my friends. And me and him were talking about abuse and manipulation and relationships. And he brought up this term to me that I didn't know what it was. And it's called the Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> and the Stockholm Syndrome is basically when the victim of abuse creates a bond, creates a sense of trust, creates a sense of affection with the abuser, not realizing that the abuser is abusing them. They think that it's love, that they think that it's what's supposed to be happening. And I think that that greatly explains the relationship between black men and black women. We think that it's okay to accept pain from black men because we just know that they that they go through it and yes they do but we do too who's gonna save us when we need saving who's gonna nurture us when we need nurturing who's gonna care when we can't care without black women there would be no black man we must have this ongoing conversation about the balance between the give and take of a black woman. And men must hold themselves accountable by accepting their contributions to the issues and changing their behavior in helping protect us. There should never be a rebuttal when we say we don't feel protected. There should be action. Oh, you don't feel protected? Okay, tell me how I can help instead of saying something that doesn't even fucking make sense to what the fuck was just said. And I will say it again, as I will keep saying it. 
black men will never get the respect, the honor, the decency that they deserve until they give those same things to black women. Now, as you guys know, I always have a song of the week and a book of the month. The song for this week is For Women by Nina Simone. I love her. This song is literally her explaining the four stereotypes of women. And I think it's the most beautiful thing ever because it's a song. Not a poem, not an article, it's literally a song. So you're going to feel exactly what she's saying. The book of the month is The Blues Eye, written by Toni Morrison. Lord rest her soul. This book is amazing. I've read it and it's it speaks so closely to me because this story is about a black girl, a young black girl. Who just wants to be beautiful she's dark she got curly hair she got brown eyes and during her time people pick on her and so in this book she's literally just finding ways to be faithful to herself and to always remind herself that she's beautiful no matter what black women this is a book you want to read episode seven respect black women will be the last I hate saying it. It will be the last episode for season one of Black Girls Speak. So get ready. Well, that looks like all the time we have for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was insightful and informational. And I hope that it made you think. So, as I always say, always choose love. Always choose yourself. And always keep it cheap. Love and light. I will talk to y'all in the last episode.